Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA with your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Kristen Keats. Kristen is, and this is going to be a long list, but Kristen is the founder of Breakaway Bookkeeping and Advising, owner, and she'll correct me if I got these titles wrong, owner of Sherwood Tax and Accounting, co-founder of Cadencia, and then this is an interesting one, captain of Starboard Collective. So these are what she's currently doing. We're going to talk about all those. And just so you know, Kristen has a history in public accounting, been in the in the industry for a while, and and has uh, I guess breakaway has broken away and started these these businesses over the last three years now, right? Yep, that's correct. All right. So Kristen, before we get into it, welcome to the Unique CPA. Thank you, Randy. It's great to be here. Well, it is great to have you. I've been excited about this. I, I know I, I think I sent you an invite during tax season and I knew you'd be pretty swamped. So I wasn't expected to do this till after, but happy after tax season to you. If there is such a thing anymore. Well, that's true. The last three years for sure has been nonstop tax season for just about everybody out there. Did it feel like a more normal one this year or not? No, it no? didn't. No, I don't know if we're ever going to get back to normal, to be honest. I mean, I, I think a lot of us thought it would feel more normal and then just the hits kind of keep coming. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not. And I'm not in the thick of it anymore. To me, for some reason, it felt more normal, but I'm not doing anything during tax season, really. So so I was just, I guess, hoping it wasn't more normal. Well, yeah, that may not happen. All right. So, so some things that I want to talk about today. Let's talk about we're going to talk about all four of these services because I think there's some uniqueness ah, to the unique CPA. There's some uniqueness to, to everything you're doing. Um, there's obviously a need you saw for all these different services. And so my whether I want to start is, I mean, this is not, you didn't, you know, three years and one day ago say, hey, I'm going to go do this. This is probably ideas that you've had for a while. You saw a need, there was saw an opportunity. Uh, is this something that and you work for a very large regional firm before this. Is this something that you tried to pitch to the firm and it just didn't go anywhere? So you decided you needed to go do your own or how, how was this born? Yeah. Yes. To, to everything. So yeah, I came up, I, I was working at the big firms when I was younger. I had my own tiny practice for a while. I worked at a local CPA firm uh, for about six years and that's where I really got involved with cloud accounting and, and CAS and client accounting services and all that. I had a falling out with a partner there. That's when I went to go work with that regional firm. And it was actually with my current partner, Martin Mull. He was the CEO of that firm. And he and, and he and I, you know, we've been friends for a really long time. And so he was trying to build up their CAS department. And uh, I, that was an exciting opportunity for me to try to help do that. It didn't necessarily work out because it's really tough in big firms to make big changes. Yep. And and they and they were a big firm going, you know, going in one direction. It's hard to change a ship. But what came out of that was, um, you know, under Martin's leadership, that firm was pretty innovative and open to ideas. And so that is actually where the idea for Breakaway was born because it came out of my desire to. So when I left the local firm, I had wanted to start out on my own, but it was so onerous to me 
to deal with all the minutia that goes with firm ownership that has nothing to do with serving your clients. And so that's kind of how I ended up is that I felt like Martin kind of like threw me a life raft and is like, okay, just come over here. You know, that was easy, right? It was just easy to come be an employee somewhere. Um, So combining that with once I went to work there, that firm worked with a team in India. And that just opened my eyes to this whole world of offshoring that I was like, wow, this is such a game changer to be to have access to a trained team like this, to be able to leverage that and still provide good service to our clients. So it was kind of the marrying of those two ideas of like, how do we make it easier for CPAs to go out on their own, handle the marketing and the legal and the websites and all that minutiae stuff that you know drags you down as a business owner, and then also provide resources with like access to an offshore team to be able to just go serve your clients. So that's where the idea for Breakaway was born. So we were actually cooking that up for about a year and a half within the firm before we took it out and okay. started it. And there just wasn't enough commitment in the firm. Is that what happened? And it, like yeah, you they said- got a little weary or, you know, just like of new technology. And they just decided that they were just a traditional accounting firm. Okay. And so we were like, well, we're not here for that. So right. we're adding. All right. Which, which, which to their, I don't know if defense is the right word, uh, but to, for them, that makes sense. I mean, Absolutely. they had a good thing going. Yep. It, it was not everybody is uh, prepared to bring on new activities. I'm somebody that is very big on making sure you're open to new ideas all the time. And they very well may have been open to new ideas. It just wasn't right time or the right service or whatever. But the problem with that is, you know, you have a good employee, which I assume you were a good employee that has these ideas. And if you're not willing to listen and act on it, you're going to lose that a good employee and they're going to take that opportunity elsewhere, which is what you did. So so we talked about the why and, and you kind of started to get into what breakaway is. And well, let's go through all these. But breakaway, what is really the goal? What was what was the need you saw? And I think you ex- ex- described all, some of that already. And, and then uh, um, you know, just explain what you're doing through breakaway. Yeah. So breakaway, our tagline is work for yourself, not by yourself. So all of our breakaway advisors have their own practices. They're going out serving the clients. We just provide that infrastructure to support them. So like I said, we provide all the engagement letters. We provide the malpractice insurance. We provide, basically we get, you get all the benefits of what feels like being in a firm, but you have the autonomy to price your clients how you want, choose your the clients that you want and really serve them on an individual basis. But the main thing that I think is a, a benefit to the advisors is having that community of like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And so we have a super robust Slack channel because we've got advisors all over the country and even in other countries, we've got one in London. London, we've got one in Brazil, you know, so we we created this network and these cohorts that are actually like very tight knit. Because that's when, when I was doing my research for Breakaway, that was kind of the number one thing that I saw that people craved was that having that community and how do you handle this and what app are you using for that? And, you know, just having that dialogue and not feel like, you know, you have to go to networking meetings or stuff like that. You know, it's kind of this baked in community there. So explain how this works then. Is this like a franchise setup or how is the, how are breakaway their individual firm, but part of this larger yeah, group? Technically it is a franchise, which kind of surprised us, but just legally, that was the only way that we could get there to really have like one brand that people are under. And then we don't have, I mean, at least at this point, we don't have like a buy-in for a franchise. So it's not a, a traditional franchise in that sense. Right. It's almost like it's a legal thing that we had to set up, but to get to where we wanted to go. Okay. 
All right. And then the support is there. And then, and then you talked about offshoring. Is that, is that part of what Breakaway offers to these, these advisors then as well? Yeah. So we actually um, have, we are owners in a team in Coimbatore, India. So our advisors have basically a direct line to that team that's already trained. They have like three levels of, of accountants there so that they can uh, have their bookkeeping work done so that they can really be the client facing person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also, we're going to talk about Cadencia in a minute, but we're also <laughs> developing a team in Mexico through Cadencia. Well, we could talk about that now. Yeah. So, so you saw this other need. So you're owners or at least part owners of this yes. Indian. Yeah, we own that with 10 other accounting firms. So we're, we're one of 10 firms that owns that entity. Okay. And so then obviously you saw another opportunity or another need and now Cadencia came out of that. And that is, you were just starting to explain it. What is Cadencia then? So Cadencia came out of, we actually um, were acquainted for enough with another CPA in Oregon who had a team in Mexico and, um, and he's from Mexico. So, it, so we got really interested in that because we love our India team and they're amazing. It's just very tough. There's a couple of things that are tough about it. One is the time difference. It's mm-hmm. really, really hard to have a 12 hour time difference when you're trying to get work out the door and, and have dialogue back and forth. Um, the other thing is just culturally, it's a, it's such a big culture difference in India. So a lot of the things that we do with bookkeeping requires a lot of explanation for people that don't have a Starbucks on the corner or, you know, things like that. Right, like it's, right. it's a lot of explaining there where in Mexico, um, I actually, we actually did due diligence with that team, went down, met the team, saw how they did the, the client work. And it's so just culturally similar to the U S um, yes, they speak Spanish, but many of them are English speakers. And so they're, they're just used to interacting with us. And so that was really attractive to us to explore. And so, yeah, it was only a little over a year ago that we uh, we started our own team in Guadalajara, Mexico, and we started with three employees. And I think I can't even keep up now. I feel like I think we're at like 35 or something like that. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So we now we we created an entity so that we can support other accounting firms. So it's not just for breakaway and sure with tax, but we have, um, I think, six or seven other firms that we're supporting. Oh, wow. That's so you started this from scratch. It wasn't a, a takeover of something. You just went out, opened a shingle in Mexico and started hiring. Uh... Yes. I mean, so we're working with a staffing agency. We're working on getting a, a Mexico agency because like, so our, one of our things that we kind of always go back to is crawl, walk, run. Okay. What did crawling look like? Crawling looked like, okay, we don't have to form a Mexican company and all that right now. Cause that was super overwhelming, like transfer pricing, you know, like the whole bit, like that was yeah. like too much. So, okay, what can we do? Well, we can work with a staffing agency and an HR person to go and hire the people and make sure their benefits are paid, make sure we're legally compliant, all that kind of stuff. So we kind of outsource that part of it. Yep. And, um, and so, yeah, they take care of all that part of the employee, but we, you know, do the interview and we work with the firms, to interview the clients or interview the employees and, um, you know, just make sure we're ma- good, good matchmaking. Okay. So you did the comparison of India and Mexico. Is there any, I mean, so timing, obviously culture, is there other, is there other benefits? I mean, ease of travel is huge. It's, you know, I was looking at going to, to India to go meet with our team. I mean, it's 10,000 bucks because you got to fly business class. You can't fly coach to India and I'll tell you, I've done it and it's not fun. So you got to fly business class to India and then you're wrecked, you know, I mean, between the jet lag and everything else where Guadalajara, it's four hours for us to get down there. Right. You know, it's easy. We can just do less than a week trip. It's just, and, and that time with our team is so valuable that we encourage all the clients at a minimum to get down there once a year, ideally more than once a year, two to three times a year. 
to meet with their team and train. Then they're probably same time zone as you. They're in central time zone. Okay. So, okay. I should know my geography a little bit better. So they're They're West Coast. So that's a couple hours difference for us, but compared to 12 hours, that's nothing. And they keep, they don't mind because they don't mind coming in a little later and working a little later just to be more on our schedule. It's funny because I was on a call, Zoom call yesterday with somebody who was currently in India. um, And actually we were going to do a... uh, a podcast on outsourcing to India because mm-hmm. that's why he's there right now because that's what his firm does. And he was everything you just said. He was talking about the timing difference, just the travel, all that. And so I can see the benefits of of working with a team in Mexico. Then, all right. Well, that that's interesting. I didn't know before we got on this call. I didn't know that part of things. And so now this service is not just breakaway, as you said. You have. CPA firms, I assume, that are, are yep. now. And how are you marketing? Yeah, and we haven't even done any marketing. It's say, all just been word of mouth. Really? And it's like spreading like wildfire. Yeah. And so people want in on it because it's a little less intimidating, I think, too, than like thinking about going to Philippines or going to India. You know, it's just most a lot of Americans have visited Mexico, right. you know, right. so it's, it just feels easier. Yep. All right. So let's let's not skip over this. You said you're going to explain why business class to India. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the first time I went, I flew coach. So this is this is when I was at the big firm and I went to go visit. And and it was on Singapore Airlines, like a beautiful airline, like really nice. But it was a 17 hour flight from just imagine that 17 hours from San Francisco to Singapore. And then I still had to get from Singapore to Coimbatore, which was another four hours. And so it's just I mean, you're no. You know, there's no way to lay down. There's no nothing. No. And then compare it to the next time I went where I did do business class. I mean, you just arrive as a normal person right. and not just wrecked. So it's like, well, if you're going to go, you might as well make it worthwhile and be fresh. When I, you're there and I agree. I actually, the longest I did was to Beijing, direct flight from Chicago, which is probably 14, 15 hours. Wow. I don't even remember. I was not in business class, but there was a very empty plane. So we got to spread out, which, which was nice because I couldn't see doing it otherwise. In fact, I went with my dad. We each got our own a row or aisle, I guess. And so we were able to just lie down and, 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 and uh, have our own. So the, yeah, that was, I, I agree completely. So that makes sense. All right. This is awesome that I didn't even think about that, that there was an option to, to build teams there. And um, how about cost wise? Is it comparable to India? Um, I would say it's pretty comparable. Um, maybe a little more expensive. I mean, we're getting, um, graduates, you know, with accounting degrees, same as in India, a lot of these, but to have English speakers in Mexico, because I mean, they, that's a little tougher to find. So we do pay, pay a premium for the English speakers. Our, my dream though, is to build our team enough that really it would just be like the team leads that have to be the English speakers. And then they could have a support team that doesn't necessarily need to speak English. So, right. All right. All right. Well, that's great. So, so that's two of the four things then that the uh, I have no idea how you'd have all the time to do this, but to the, especially I'm really tired, even. Randy. I'm really yes. tired. I, I can believe you. I, I love your, your email response during tax season. I think it's an automatic response that says something like, and you can correct me, um, uh, you know, get, please be patient. It's the middle of tax season and I'm really busy, but it's not exactly that. It's, do I have most I of it right? Nice. Yeah. Yes. I, tried, I would try to update it like every so often, just so clients weren't reading the same thing. But, you know, and, and this was another thing that was on tax Twitter a lot is like the, the clients asking for the status of their returns. Yeah. 
I just cannot. So that's why I had to do it. I'm like, please don't like you're taking me right. out of the work that I'm actually doing to exactly. go check on your thing. That's the same as, you know, like we'll be in touch. We'll call you. Don't call us. Yes. That, <laughs> I was trying please to nicely trust say me. <laughs> please trust me that your tax return will be done. And if we have questions, we will reach out to you because when you call me, not only do I lose that time, I lose a few minutes at the beginning, a few minutes at the end, because now I got to get refocused on what I was doing. I think that's great. And I think everybody should understand and appreciate that. Hopefully it seems reasonable. Right. It seems reasonable, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You no, know, no. Jason stopped said he was going to get a collection of every accountant's like auto responders that they had on during tax season. It's funny. You're the only one that I've run into. And I, and, oh, really? oh you know what? I think maybe I saw one other that had a quote from AICPA in it. I think they did. I think I did get one other, but yeah. All right. So, well, all right. So let's go now. We talk about these two. After breakaway, though, we skipped in between Sherwood came, right? Sherwood tax yes. and, and accounting. Was this part of the plan all along or what caused you to get involved with Sherwood or create Sherwood? Um, it was not really part of the plan all along. I will say when we were initially thinking about breakaway, we had envisioned that it would be like traditional CPA services that included tax. Mm -hmm. When we actually went to do breakaway, uh, in order to have kind of like consistent, you know, software and things to train the team, tax was just too hard to deal with. And so we really made it more CFO advisory bookkeeping focused for breakaway. And that just made things like a million times easier. Right. Well, then about a year after, actually only like six months after uh, starting breakaway, it just kind of randomly. So I, I've lived in Sherwood, Oregon for about 17 years. And the owner of Sherwood Tax approached me that she wanted to retire and in that six months that we had had breakaway, it is always tough because the clients, they have the need for tax, right? Yes, exactly. And so to be referring them to other CPAs who may or may not try to poach your client is really tough, you know? So we thought, well, you know, it, it's, it does seem to be a good strategic thing to have a, a partnership there with a tax firm where we could have a friendly relationship and, you know, kind of have this symbiotic relationship. So that that's why we ended up, even though I said I was never going to do another tax return. <laughs> and like a year later, there I was again, back in tax season, doing more tax returns, but I can't get away from it. Well, you can always uh, uh, outsource those uh, <laughs> or uh, or delegate those as well. Well, that leads to our other issue, which is which is why Cadencia came to be, right? Yep. Like staffing in our industry is so hard. I mean, I tough. had... I mean, I had, first of all, I had an ad out for a manager for over a year that didn't get answered. I finally filled that position and she quit 94 days later. And I know it's 94 days because my <laughs> deal with the recruiter was for 90 days. So I lost that recruiting fee. Then oh. I had a manager just quit April 13th was her last day. Okay. So that's what I mean, right? When I say the hits keep on coming, it's like, so that's the main thing now. And so we're trying to solve it with Cadencia, but that takes time, right? To build oh, our yeah. train and team and train them. And I mean, it's a minimum three to five years to get somebody who can really know what right. they're doing. For sure. So Sherwood came out of a need. We got bookkeeping. Bookkeeping needs to go somewhere for taxes. Sherwood. Now, does all of Breakaway refer to Sherwood, or that's not a requirement? I, or, it's not or how's a requirement at all, but it's definitely a huge referral source. And we, you know, and and frankly, I like to give priority to those clients because if they're a Breakaway client, I know that their bookkeeping is good. I know that they're yeah, working yes. with somebody, so those are a lot easier tax returns to do. And that's the work that we want to do. I want to do more tax strategy and planning and forward looking than like 
oh, your books are a mess. And now I got to go fix all that stuff. All right. So we got this whole vertical integration. Do I have that right? Vertical integration? I don't know. I'm no, I'm no expert. I can talk. That's all I know. I so. think you're, I think that's true. Cause horizontal right. would be if we were like head competitors. Right? Yes, that exactly. We were, that we were so yeah, vertically so, I mean, integrated. The, yeah. the thing is like, we have, so Martin and I, and our, my our other partner, Shay, like we have a, an entity called Keymaster. It's like our, our kind of. Oh no, I don't even know about this. What is well, the key it's master? a secret one. It's a secret entity. It's just like our holding company, basically where we hold okay. all of our companies. But we say that like we have goals, our overarching goal is bring joy to accounting, which is the tagline for yeah. joy too. But like that's our overarching goal. So how do we accomplish that? That's our mission, right? That's our whole mission in, in everything great. that we're doing. So that's so each part of these, each business is a part of that. It's, it's just a piece to solve that puzzle. Got it. Got it. All right. And I knew the joy. I forgot that. But uh, uh, I had to actually talk to Martin on How the podcast. How do you forget about the joy? I know. Well, because Martin had it behind his shoulder when I talked yeah. to him, you don't have joy behind you there. So oh, you need to get right. the joy. Uh... I need to fix that. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, so we've got these three vertically integrated businesses that support each other and work together. It sounds like a great symbiotic relationship all there. Um, does Starboard Collective come into this or what? I This seems like it's a brand new thing. What is Starboard Collective? It is Collective? a brand new thing. So it All was right. an opportunity that came up because of just, I think even just social media, we connected with the folks who started um, a program called 60 Minute CFO. And they, uh, so a gal named Tracy Beck and her dad, Dave. So Dave wrote a book called 60 Minute CFO. Great books. Like just like what a business owner needs to know. Like what are nice. the metrics that you need to be tracking? And uh, they had a program that they were working through, but like many of these CFO companies, if your client doesn't have good bookkeeping, you can't really help them on, you know, at a CFO level. So Tracy and Dave reached out to us and they were very big in the moving and storage industry. And one of the things that they were connected with was these groups of CFOs from moving and storage industries that got together on a semi-annual basis and just shared kind of best practices with each other, these industry groups. And they had a leader for these industry groups. And um, the, the gal, the woman that was doing it, she was setting up to retire and had all these groups that didn't have a place to go. And they wanted to continue. Randy, some of these groups had been around for 25 plus years meeting twice a year and visiting right. each other's facilities. It's just a very cool thing. So we thought, well, this could be something that we could partner with Tracy on. And Tracy was super passionate about, it. she had led a couple groups and we thought, well, like we can't take on all of them, but we have access to CFOs, you know, that could as a, like a little perk of being a breakaway advisor, you know, you could be involved with this other thing. So that's how we started Starbird was to really start these kind of CFO, uh, groups. Yep. And so, so that's what I was going to ask it. I assume then you're offering this to the breakaway clientele. That makes a lot of sense. Everything's still tying together. Right. We have one big Kristen Keats conglomerate uh, being built here. I, I wonder what's going to be added next. Uh, it, I assume bookkeeping already encompasses payroll or uh, um, is there another? Yeah, offering we're not that... getting into the payroll business. That's for sure. But <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel like this is it, but you know, Martin always likes to cook up new ideas, but he knows he knows I'm tired, so we'll see. I gotta I gotta find some helpers at Sherwood Tax before we so, can have any new ideas. So I, I I often come up with ideas, but I do not implement anything. So I'm very spoiled because that's the thing. If I had to implement it, it's right. not gonna go anywhere. 
Um, and so it's great that you guys work well as a team to be able to come up with them and implement them and get them running and successful. Um, anything on the, those four that I missed that you'd want to, uh, to uh, fill in any uh, gaps that uh, we didn't include in those? I mean, I would just say that we are always looking for progressive accountants who want to do something cool with a cool company. And whether you're a tax person or whether you're a controller, CFO, bookkeeper, like somewhere in our ecosystem, there's a, a place for people who are who are like minded. Yep. I think that's great. I think uh, the, what do you, uh, so that brings me to another question. We're not wrapping up. That brings me to another question then. Just the industry in general. I mean, this is different than at least, you know, when I started in the industry yeah. and this is different overall too. What do you see happening in tax accounting bookkeeping industry? Do you see, you know, five years ago, things be a lot different 10 years from now? Be, I mean, five years from now, do you have a crystal ball on where we're going? You know, I hope it is different. And I think that um, I, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen to some of the more traditional firms. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel like there's the traditional firms that are in the, you know, that are always going to serve the really big clients. Mm -hmm. But as far as like small business clients go, and um, I mean, I think that the, the search for talent and educated accountants, people that want to go into accounting is the biggest crisis of our time right now as an industry that we need to fix. Yep. And even, even though I'm super excited about all the opportunities we have with an entity like Cadencia and bringing up people in Mexico, I'm also super passionate about getting more people into the industry in the U.S. and having people, I mean, our small business communities need accountants you know, and, and we have to find a way to make it more attractive to people. And the big firm model of churning and burning people out and this, you know, 2,800 billable hour requirement, whatever the hell that they require now from staff accountants. I mean, it's not flying. No. So I really hope in the next five years that the firms are waking up and smelling the coffee and know that it's not just about the term work-life balance. You can't just throw that out there and, and get people to come on. I mean, you have to, you have to really make it work. Yep. Forward. Yep. And I think we've learned a lot more of that just over the last two years too, on uh, the whole uh, work-life balance and being able to work remote and work anywhere. And I, you can have employees in Mexico, you and in, in, in Oregon can hire somebody in Miami, Florida and, and still make it work. And so that is a lot more palatable to a lot of people than I got to sit right. at my desk and bill 2,800 hours. It's, it's, I, I couldn't do it. So, all right. Well, I think that's great. Before we do wrap up, let me ask you a couple final questions first. And this is one I like to end with, uh, uh, not end with, but get in before the end is you're obviously very busy. You really just got through a very busy time. It's going to continue to be busy, but what do you do when you're not work busy? What's your passions outside of work? What do you do for fun? I, I mean, I live, I feel like in the best part of the country for just exploring the outdoors and enjoying nature and hiking and camping. And, you know, I've got two dogs and just like being able to be outside. I've got two teenagers, so they keep me pretty busy too. I don't yep. know if I can say I enjoy that all the time, but they do keep me busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, teenagers are fine. And when they get my, my kids are mid to upper twenties. Uh, they're on the second half of their twenties now. And it, a lot changes at that point. So, so. yeah, <laughs> no, they're fun. Though. All right. 
And then any last words before we wrap up anything? Well, obviously I want you to let people know how they can get a hold of you, learn more about Breakaway or anything else, the outsourcing or anything else. You're Absolutely. Doing. Yes. I'm on LinkedIn. You can just find me, Kristen Keats. I'm on Twitter. I believe my Twitter handle is at Kristen Keats CPA. So come find me there. We have a lot of fun on tax Twitter, especially for accountants. If you just want to come and vent, just come on to tax Twitter and you'll be welcomed with open arms. So yes, come reach out because yeah, I'd love to connect with people and I, I want to, I want to change this industry and I want to make it better for everybody. I want to make it better for the clients. I want to make it better for accountants. I think that's a perfect wrap up. Well, Kristen, thank you very much for being part of the, the Unique CPA podcast. Thanks, Randy. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Thank you for joining us today on The Unique CPA. You can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to your clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading edge management techniques and styles.